Have you ever spoken to an abductee, Agent Kasdan? Heard them talk about having their brains sucked out through their nostril while being wide awake through the experience? Would you like to know what they do to a woman's ovaries? Not particularly. Well, then understand that you might have to alter your approach a little bit here. Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm Laura. And today, I'm very excited to bring you our first two-parter, Woo! Dwayne Berry slash Ascension. Um, yeah, I will, we'll just dive into it because we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, let's just dive in. Head first. Speedo's on. <laughs> yes. So, Dwayne Berry aired October 14th, 1994. It's written and directed by Chris Carter. This is his directorial debut. Hmm. Uh, I'm only including this. I don't think this is an anomaly. I'm only including this for scope, but uh, I watched the comment, the DV- the Blu-ray commentary mm-hmm. for Dwayne Berry, where Chris Carter kind of offered some information. And he said this episode was shot in eight and a half days. <laughs> Which I don't think is like unusual for them, but like, go oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. The yeah, they the the shooting schedule of Lynette TV is just baffling. Yeah. Truly baffling. And and when you think about the show being shot in eight, eight and a half days, and then you think about you're like doing the math of like how long Scully's or Gillian Anderson's maternity leave is, it's uh it's it's bleak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we we will I promise y'all we will get to that, but because this episode's so jam-packed, we're going to talk about that next time, I think, about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff about her pregnancy and everything. But there's a lot, to, a lot to talk about on that subject, so. Oh, yeah. But the other note is this episode was nominated for a writing Emmy, and CCH Pounder was nominated for uh, Best Guest Actress. She's so Neither good in this one. episode. She's so good. Yeah, she's so good in this episode. She's so good, period. Mm-hmm. I love seeing her show up and stuff. Oh, me too. I was like, I know her. And then I looked up her IMDb and I was like, that's why I know her. She's in like a ton of things. And she's like almost always cast as like a cool, calm headed, like police officer, government agent person. Yes. yes. She's she's like, she's like, I wouldn't say bossy necessarily, but she has this air of authority about her. Yes. It's really compelling. Yeah. Um. So the plot of this episode is Mulder gets assigned to a hostage negotiation case where a man, who is a former FBI agent, has taken people hostage in a travel agency, believing he is fixing to be abducted by aliens again. And so Mulder's called in as the alien uh, expert. Mulder works in negotiation and starts to believe him until Scully reveals some troubling information about the man. The man ends up getting shot where he escapes the hospital and finds Scully in her home, cut to black. <laughs> and so the, the cold open is opens in Virginia on June 3rd. And listening to the commentary track, I found out this is Chris Carter's brother's birthday. Wow. He cannot help himself. Okay. <laughs> okay, buddy. You know, you can pick like any date. It doesn't have to be a birthday of someone you know, like, like a random day. <laughs> this man is like queuing on levels of like little 
bits of pieces of like hidden trivia (laughs) it's like it's like fine that it's a thing but it's also like confounding that it's a thing like why (laughs) why pick this to be your thing but you know yeah i honestly can't remember half of my friend's birthdays so i'm impressed i am actually really good at birthdays except for like a handful of people i just cannot Mm -hmm. remember their birthday and i do not know why um sometimes people have birthdays too close to each other and i get them confused yeah for some reason i can never remember alex's birthday (laughs) yeah i well don't worry i forget my niece's birthday i can never remember if it's like the 20th or the 21st (laughs) (laughs) so it's always like every year i'm just like texting my sister like when is her birthday again (laughs) wait your older niece or your younger niece Neither, honestly. (laughs) I think it's really funny that I didn't even know you had a younger niece until like a few weeks ago. And she's like, what, maybe a year old? She is a year old. Her birthday is like in April at some point. But yeah, I don't know when. I think my sister, I mentioned it to somebody and I was like, oh, her birthday's in May. My sister was like, she was born in April. (laughs) I could have get the month right half the time. But if someone forgets my birthday, I get pissed. It's mm-hmm. it's unfair. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> As like a near Christmas birthday, I think you have that right. That's okay. Your it's, birthday is it's like my right. almost always overshadowed by Christmas. So It is. So uh, the other fun fact, uh, the commentary was interesting, but I wouldn't say it had a lot of like fun facts. But one that I thought was interesting was the dog in this scene is a relative of David Duchovny's dog, Blue, because mm. David Duchovny got... His dog from the pet, the like animal handler on the show. Mm-hmm. And I also just want to say Blue Duchovny is my favorite Duchovny. I mean, yeah, it's not a hard competition. Yeah, he's on the the very iconic Rolling Stone. Like they had a photo shoot where they were on the Rolling Stone cover. And there's like a scene. For some reason, it's like it's very sexy. They're like in a bed. And there's like two pictures that came out of that where like Blue is like jumping on the fake bed. <laughs> <laughs> it is very cute. And so, yes, shout out to Blue to Company. <laughs> but um, there's a man in a very dilapidated house. So it looks like it's like half finished. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's squatting or what, but it kind of looks like he's squatting. Good for him. Yeah. Squatter's rights. <laughs> and so then we see aliens and he wakes up and he's like, not again. And he yells and he's surrounded by the aliens and the dog's like outdoors barking at the house and there's like a big ufo shape and like a light and everything my other note is these aliens are kids yeah they look <laughs> terrifying they're like a terrifying size yeah the other thing is they're always like kids are very hard to entertain mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're just running around in these alien costumes that's really cute <laughs> yeah and then we get the credits and then we see the man is in a mental health facility, and we find out his name is Dwayne Barry, hence the title of the episode. And he says that he's he knows they're coming for him again, meaning the aliens. And so in his de- desperation, he takes the doctor hostage and flees. And this is where Mulder comes into the story. And we have Mulder swimming. <laughs> um, Crycheck goes to meet him, and so he gets out of the pool. He's like swimming laps. And I found out I watched a little bit of the Paley inter- the Paley Fest interview from 2013 for the 20th anniversary of the show. Um, that this was David Duchovny's personal speedo. <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> 
I like so he got out of the pool and I was immediately just like, ew, you don't need to show me his abs, let alone a speedo. <laughs> he, he said that uh, Chris Carter was like going to have him swim in board shorts. And he's like, who swims laps in board shorts? And it's like, you know, what? he does have a point there, honestly. Yeah, fair point like on on that. But uh, still, Ooh. why are they filming him in a pool to begin with? <laughs> Do they just because, want us to know he's fit? Because David Duchovny wanted to wear his red Speedo. I think so. I think there's a conspiracy afoot. Oh, yeah, for sure. But he claims, David Duchovny claims he re- he regrets wearing the Speedo. I don't, I kind of doubt that, but I whatever, mean, dude. A, like, why would you regret it? And B, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, hi- that seems very sus to me. I highly doubt that he actually regrets <laughs> wearing that red Speedo. Like, what? <laughs> What negativity besides me being disgusted, like grossed out, like have you received because of the red speedo? Was there a red speedo? I don't think it's the incident? negativity. I think it's the aggressive horniness mm. surrounding the red speedo. Mm. <laughs> that's fair. But but he we already discussed his his teapot picture. Yeah. So I'll say um, that doesn't cut. <laughs> we know your deal, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but apparently, the speedo is in the Smithsonian, not on display, but they own it. Ew. <laughs> They got like a bunch of. They had which Smithsonian? A bunch of. Um, I don't know. It's it just said the Smithsonian, mm-hmm. but it um they had them send a bunch of like X Files stuff, uh, and memorabilia and stuff, and the speedo somehow ended up with the memorabilia. I think it would be really funny if that speedo was in the American History Smithsonian with like. <laughs> The, like, flag that survived, like, the Revolutionary War. And then the Red Speedo. Yeah. Just equally important. Yep. yep. Next yeah, to each other. <laughs> and my other... my I, I promise I only have one more note about this damn Speedo. I don't want to spin this. This isn't Speedo talk. But, of course, I remembered, lodged in my brain, Gillian Anderson, David Duchovny's AMA they did, like, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, lodged in my brain, right? Mm-hmm. And someone asked them, so someone said, if you guys could switch bodies for a week, what would you do? <laughs> Jillian said, I would masturbate in a red speed. <laughs> oh, my God. I love her. And to, da- and to David Duchovny's credit, he said, I don't know. Put on a nice dress and some tasteful heels and take it from there. <laughs> <laughs> they're cute i would i mean like that's cute that is cute it's a very julian answer it is it's so funny (laughs) and uh yeah so then so Mulder gets called into this hostage situation and he's kind of flummoxed about he's like why Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he gets even more flummoxed once he gets there and yeah, this is where we meet CC uh, H Pounder. She plays Lucy, Agent Lucy Caston. Hell yeah. And Mulder gets briefed on it. And they're like, yeah, he he says he wants he wants passage to this alien abduction site that he doesn't know where it is yet. Mm-hmm. And so they give Mulder the basics on how to negotiate. And they're like, oh, yeah, we brought you in for the alien expertise. But it's also like. It seems very sus, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is very convenient. Like, oh, yeah, we need some, like, expert to talk to him. But we also don't want him to feed into his delusion, right? Like, right. okay. Which which seems odd, but, like, honestly, isn't that odd for the show? So mm-hmm. I don't think anybody is, like, keyed up on anything. So you talk to Dwayne Barry, and he's, he's played by Steve Railsback, who's from Dallas. Oh, Shout out to a Texan homie. Mm-hmm. And he plays Dwayne Berry with like such this intense in- energy. But like, 
I'm, I don't think it ever feels like over the top or hacky, right? I don't think it does. I think he, he it is intense because it's an intense role, but I think he does a really mm-hmm. good job with it. Yeah, I thought he was really talented. I was really impressed. The X-Files tends to have really good guest stars. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think David Duchovny did really well in this episode, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess a note on that is that <laughs> after Gillian Anderson's like Beyond the Sea, he, he went to the writers and he's like, I want something like that. I want like some, you know big emotional beefy episode Mm -hmm. and um they kind of said like they couldn't they couldn't do it like quite in season two because they had to like write for Gillian Anderson's pregnancy and they were like Dwayne Berry kind of was that episode for him yeah um and I I agree with that I think there are like other episodes that are maybe closer to like the emotional intensity of Beyond the Sea for him but we'll talk to him about those when we get to them Mm -hmm. but I I just wanted to give him kudos because i thought this is a really good performance by him but um yeah so Mulder's talking to Dwayne Barry and he's following the instructions and <laughs> Dwayne Barry basically recites back what you're supposed to do for the hostage negotiation and Mulder plays it cool and keeps trying to stick to the script but then once he hang once Dwayne Barry hangs up he's like who the hell is this dude you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> you're obviously not giving me the full information and this is where we find out he's a former FBI agent He's been out of the bureau since 1982. And Mulder at this point says the point of be the point being that the bureau wants to minimize its embarrassment. Isn't that it? That we can police our own. <laughs> and I think that was really it's so interesting that like he even got like they called him in and they don't even bother telling him the full story, you know? Yeah. And but it but it was an interesting like wrinkle. Like a lot of this episode is adding these layers. It kind of twisting what we expect to be happening constantly. And this is kind of the first twist of like, actually, this guy, it's going to be harder to talk to this guy because he's going to know the tricks. Mm -hmm. And I think the part about the FBI wanting to minimize its embarrassment is also pretty true. um, Because like, that's kind of like how they treat they treat Mulder as an embarrassment too, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. he's kind of like, after this sort of like initial phone call, he's kind of like set out to empathize with Dwayne Barry a little bit more, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, yeah and even even if Dwayne messes this, or even if Mulder messes this up, it's sort of a win-win for them, right? Mm-hmm. Either he successfully gets the hostages free, and it's a win for the FBI, or he doesn't, and they get to blame their black sheep of an FBI agent in the basement for messing it up. <laughs> and um, another, just to speak on CCH Pounder's power, mm-hmm. I loved the line reading of when Mulder's talking about, he's explaining some of the alien abductees, alien abductees experiences, and he says, like, do you want to know what they do to a woman's ovaries? And she just goes, not particularly. It's such a great line reading. It is. It's really good. It's also like a really good way of kind of like, I think that like her character and Waldo's character back and forth is really interesting because like I'm, I immediately want to like her a bit, like even though she's FBI and she's a cop Mm -hmm. and you know, like a hashtag boss lady, you know, I like, I like that a little bit. Uh, (laughs) And so just like whenever she is like, they're kind of like pushing each other back and forth and Honestly, like, to me, that Mulder line of, like, do you want to know what they do to a woman's ovaries? It's a bit over the line. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely meant to, like, needle her more and to, like, yes. get 
more of a visceral response out of her. And I don't like that because it is it just feels it feels a bit more aggressive than the rest of the conversation, which like, you know, Mulder's pissed, which is, you know, whatever. But like and, you know, she did lie to him. But, you know, again, like whatever. But yeah, her just complete shutdown of that and her line delivery is really really good absolutely i absolutely agree um yeah like Mulder. Mulder does have the very bad tendency of lashing out and not playing mm-hmm. well with others mm-hmm. when when it's very clear that they don't respect him and it was very clear to begin with that mm-hmm. like she and like some of the other agents there like did not respect mm-hmm. Mulder, and they just were like just do whatever you like do what we tell you to do we don't really care to know about your your alien stories right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's very much like you know what like these these are real traumas and she's just like no like i mean not that she's yeah she's just like shutting it down yeah another thing chris carter mentioned in the track is that Dwayne barry's name was supposed to be Dwayne gary but that was like the name of a real fbi agent huh i just want to say that i hate the idea of this episode being called Dwayne gary yeah that just sounds (laughs) awful yeah, it was like, I didn't like the new name. And I'm like, but you like Dwayne Gary? Dwayne Gary, like, no one let Chris Carter name children. Does he have children? Do they have? I'm pretty sure he does. They they probably have bad names, Lynn, huh? <laughs> Sorry to no Chris clue. Carter's children if they're listening. <laughs> but also not sorry. Yeah. Oh, and another, speaking on um, CCH Pounder's character, Lucy mm-hmm. Caston, being a girl boss, when after her and Mulder have their little tiff. He like walks off and Crycheck, being the weasel rat that he is, immediately sleeks up and he's just like, Do you need anything? And she just goes, Do you have your notepad? I love this. <laughs> and she just starts giving him her copy order. Queen. <laughs> yes, treat that man like the trash Queen. garbage he Make is. Make him go get you coffee. That is the only way he can be useful, correct? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, we don't like I don't like seeing Crycheck useful. He's just he's just offing people. <laughs> I would I would dream of of giving a little green rookie newbie like frat boy just out of the academy just my coffee order. Just being like, you can be useful by getting me coffee. <laughs> Did you see Nothing that tweet else. the other day where someone was like, What's what's like the evil you do for a living? I feel like mm-hmm. the evil you is like an FBI agent. I don't know yeah, what the evil me does. I don't know. Maybe like pharma rep. <laughs> yeah, or I, I, I think like either like like FBI agent, you know, in a totally alternate reality. Well, I guess not alternate reality, but an alternate reality in which I don't hate cops. I'm evil. Um, and, and I'm <laughs> evil. Um, maybe an FBI agent or like, yeah, like you said, like a big pharma agent, like working yeah. for like big pharma or yeah. being a doctor. I don't. I don't know what uh, Medicaid. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Spurned. I. For our listeners, I used to work in private medicine. So, (laughs) you want to talk about evil? (laughs) We just need socialized medicine in America. Evil doctors are just regular doctors half the time. (laughs) Yeah. People are like, "Why don't you go into medicine?" And I'm like, "Because it sucked out my soul to function within that system, and I can't." (laughs) Yeah. So maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe evil me would just be a doctor who likes being a doctor in America. Yeah. You like 
you like drive a really expensive car and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) just are very mean very mean to people (laughs) very mean to my support staff um yes yes doesn't accept anything like medicaid or um just yeah medicaid chip is medicaid um for children um just really enjoying insurance yeah or i would just be or work for an insurance company really i guess would be evil me that's so grim that's so grim but you're right It's a dark place. Well, good thing we d- we don't have evil Laura here. Yeah, but I also I of course wrote down that immediately after that he calls Scully. Like I love mm-hmm. his gut check. It's just like let me just call her. She'll get more information for me. It's because like Mulder's kind of a dumb idiot and will dive into a lot of things like head on, not really knowing. And Scully's always the one that's just like, hold on, let's think about this for a second. So I think this is kind of funny where like he's like. Yeah, sure. I'll go into this. We'll do this. And then when it ends up biting him in the ass, like almost immediately, he's then like, wait, yeah. I should probably call Scully. Wait, instead of what would Jesus do? WWJD, it's what would Scully do? WWSD. WWDKSD. What would Dana Catherine Scully do? There you go. Full name. <laughs> and while they're on the phone, the, uh, a power substation blew. I love the very convenient nature of a power substation blowing out uh in this situation nothing Mm -hmm. nefarious going on here (laughs) but this but and then there's a flash of light so very much seems like it's an alien abduction so Dwayne gets scared he starts shooting and he ends up shooting one of the hostages Mm -hmm. and so Mulder and a medic are going in to get the injured man and uh Chris Carter said this ear tech I think he said it exists now but it did not exist at the time this is a bit of a fabrication Mm -hmm. I, I also like the scene was really funny to me because it's been a while since I've seen this episode. And so they're like getting Mulder all like dressed up in the medic gear, but it's not clear that they're sending an actual medic with him yet. And I'm like, what the fuck? A man's <laughs> dying. And then like there's an actual <laughs> medic there and I'm like, oh, thank God. But also like yeah. maybe send like two actual medics <laughs> <laughs> and Mulder. <laughs> yeah. And Mulder is given strict instructions not to feed into Dwayne Barry's delusion and to just go in there, not get himself captured into Dwayne Barry's scheme. Go in, get the man, and go out. That is his instructions. And Mulder says, "Okay." So what does Mulder do? Not he, he feeds. Listen. He immediately tells Dwayne Barry he he believes him. He immediately says, "Okay, yeah, I'll stay, and you can trick the the injured man out, and I'll just stay instead." Immediately. Immediately. Dumb idiot. Immediately. <laughs> Don't let anyone ever tell you that just because they go to an Ivy League or Oxford that they're smart. <laughs> exactly. This, Look at this he's, man. He's very, he's very cunning. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll wonder. <laughs> With like half an information. Um, and Mulder gets tied to a chair. And Chris Carter talked about, he said, like, here's a problem for a director. Now that you have your star tied up and stationary and you have to keep the scenes taut and suspenseful with very little ability to move the camera. And so Dwayne Berry's movements, his pacing really heightened that energy when when like Mulder couldn't move himself. But I I thought it really worked, like Mm -hmm. even with that limitation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think and I was was telling my wife this the other day, like sometimes limitations um like spurn creativity um Mm -hmm. like sometimes they're a good thing when it comes to like a creative process or something creative so like that limitation helped i mean it helps build a tense atmosphere and i think that that really Mm -hmm. definitely played out yeah and like even even bigger than that like literally this whole two-parter was 
conceived of because Jillian Anderson was pregnant, right? Like mm-hmm. the limitation of not having your stars, like, okay, we have to do something then mm-hmm. and leading to this really interesting and we'll talk about it later, but like this really interesting and like this this plot point that really sets up the show going forward in very interesting ways that it what it hadn't set itself up for before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mulder talks to Dwayne Barry and he's getting more information about his abduction. And this is where everybody else is really tense because everybody else is like, Mulder is going to push him over the edge. Like he keeps asking him these questions and Dwayne Barry gets more and more upset and everybody's just like, oh boy, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, those mm-hmm. strobe light scenes in Dwayne Berry are, like, really oh. long, actually. And, like... We forgot to mention them. Because I, I had a note. I hate them. <laughs> I hate them so much. We can, yeah. Just cut this and put it at the beginning. We hate the strobe light scenes. They're too intense and they're too long. But they are there. And they're, where I'm not even photosensitive and it made me... My yeah. my brain hurt, so... It's, it's so... Like, the first time I saw it, it, like, obviously works, right? But then mm-hmm. it's, like, as someone who's seen this ep- these two episodes, like probably 10 to 15 times i'm like okay i get it <laughs> yeah it's like a it's like a bit much and it's it's I, I every time i watch it i just think of like what do my neighbors think is happening <laughs> they're so long like it's not even just like like 10 to 15 seconds it's like a like 30 to 45 maybe even a minute like and it keeps happening robes multiple times like yes it's i don't like it yeah i don't like it either it, it's annoying and um but the teeth detail I found out was from a sound guy on the set was talking about how I think his brother-in-law believed he had been abducted. And he talked about his teeth being drilled and that a dentist said that there it was like marks that couldn't be made by any methods we have. But just imagine, I wonder how could, I wonder how frequent it was in the 90s to just like be talking to someone and just someone being like, oh yeah, like I've been abducted by aliens or I know someone that has believes they've been abducted by aliens, you know? I wonder how... How frequent that was. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it depends on the circles you run in. That's true. I've honestly, no one has ever told me they believe they've been abducted. I've never met anyone that I know of that believes they've been abdu- right. abducted, you know. But honestly, I would, I think I'd be pretty chill about it, right? Like, I think some people get really, like, skeeved out. Like, mm-hmm. they think they're kind of crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's definitely, like, a mental health stigma attached to it. But it's also, like, for sure. Even if, like, say the someone is truly, like, a schizophrenic and, like, does have, like, delusions, um, which is, like, totally fine. Um, schizophrenics are just regular people, too. Right. Like, even if that is, like, the case, like, with, like, people, some people that think that they have been, like, abducted by aliens, like, it, it, I, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't freak me out. Like, it's fine with me. Right. Like, that's what I they think believe. I really interesting. Yeah. 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 I did learn, um, I've been listening to a lot of QAnon on which for the <laughs> listeners who are unaware is a a podcast critical of QAnon. <laughs> um, yes, it is critical of QAnon. I need to clarify, <laughs> <laughs> emphasize. But there's like one of one of the videos that a lot of a lot of people in conspiracy circles um, cite as like one of their awakening moments is this this video. I think it's called "Follow the Cabal." Um, and I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was like this like Dutch woman who believed that she had been abducted by aliens and her whole family just like kept making fun of her for it. And mm-hmm. so she like, you know, kind of got more isolated mm-hmm. and ostracized. And I'm like, 
part of it is just like, man, like, don't get mad at people if they think they've been abducted by aliens. They're only going to end right. up in, like, QAnon. <laughs> right. And, like, that's another thing about, like, kind of, like, the mental health stigma. It's, like, it you don't do any good by, like, challenging people on those things, right? Like, the best, some of the best things, like, not, like, the best, but, like, it's it's better to, like, just, like, listen to them and hear them out whether or not you believe them and because mm-hmm. like then that that builds more trust and support than just like straight up challenging people on them totally. because then that's when people get aggressive and it's like you don't have to believe them like you don't even have to you know support them or whatever but like it, it don't just i don't know just like just let people believe right. that they've been abducted by aliens if they believe it it's fine right let people, or like even things that yeah i mean the thing about delusions is that like you know not that alien abductees necessarily are delusions but the thing about delusions is that like people believe them believe that they actually happen mm-hmm. to them so like right just challenging on them just makes them feel crazy and that you're being aggressive towards them so just let people mm-hmm. believe them yeah and like even even stuff that does like need to be challenged like anti-vaxxers right. it's it's so wild when, that's like, not a delusion that's just that's right just right but awful right but like this idea that like you, you always see those people where they're just like yelling at anti-vaxxers or just being like grow up and get the vaccine and it's just like that's who is going to be won over by this like who <laughs> who is at, not going to just dig in further yeah yelling at people never works on trying to get them to come over to your side like i don't know if you've ever been in an argument with anyone our listeners but like yelling does not make people listen to you it actually makes people not listen to you more right right and and it's like yeah like you need to have some tact in these situations and like Mm-hmm. Obviously, Mulder believes them, but I think it's always impressive how Mulder is so sympathetic toward victims, um, which, like, mm-hmm. it helps that he believes them. But, like, mm-hmm. even Scully, who doesn't believe them, is, is like, Still they're always kind. pretty kind. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I was just, I was just about to say. I was thinking, like, if you're, like, IRL, like, if you're ever in, like, any of these situations, definitely take, like, more of a Scully approach, where it's just, like, she doesn't, she challenges Mulder when he needs to be challenged, and it's okay to challenge people when they need to be challenged on things. Yeah. But also, like, you know, they know each other better than just, like, a stranger on the street. And second of all, mm-hmm. She is very kind about things that she doesn't believe in whenever the other person mm-hmm. does believe that this happened to them. Like, y- yeah, yeah. Like, even, even with like Dwayne Scully. Barry. What would, what would Dana Catherine Scully do? Exactly. We, we got t-shirts made up. We, we should actually. <laughs> our only, our only pod merch is just WWDKSD. And it's only going to be for us. We're not selling these. Nope. <laughs> we'll just put a picture up. That's that's our merch. With their arms crossed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, I think this scene is really important because when Dwayne Berry is talking about his experiences, it really gets Mulder to relate to him more, but also the audience. Like, Mm -hmm. he started out as, like, this kind of creepy, aggressive guy. But then when Mulder's talking to him and getting his story, you really start to feel for him because, like, even... Whether or not you believe he was abducted by aliens is kind of irrelevant because you can tell that this guy has suffered some real harm and he has some real trauma. Mm-hmm. And so, like, at this point, like, I think the audience is really like, wow, like this guy, he's kind of like gruff and rough, but like he needs help as much as anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that this actor, I forget his name, but he's really good as Dwayne Barry because like fear is kind of the basis of all of his actions. And that really mm-hmm. comes across in these these two episodes is that like totally 
that fear and also like you know he isn't being believed by people around him and that just kind of fuels the aggression that is that is already like stoked there because he's just so fearful of the aliens yeah. and being abducted again absolutely and even Mulder before he went in he told the 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 agents and everybody there and he says this man's afraid and until you find out like what he's mm-hmm. afraid of you're not going to get anywhere mm-hmm. and so Mulder goes in there and he, he just straight up asks him it's like tell me about your abduction and so Mulder and Dwayne keep talking and Mulder tells Dwayne about his sister being abducted and so that kind of really gets Dwayne to buy in mm-hmm. to trust Mulder more. And I, I absolutely love the scene where Mulder's trying to get Dwayne to let everybody else go. And he says, like, take me instead, you know? And I loved, I loved Dwayne's reaction of like, oh man, if they hear you talking like that, you're gonna be in trouble. <laughs> and I thought it was just a great moment of when they cut to David Duchovny, he just had this like really kind of like look of wonder, really. And I was, it kind of struck me. And it's like, is he so eager to be abducted? But then I thought about it more and I was like, no, I think this is more that like, this feels like a real tangible proof to him. Like mm-hmm. if, if this is, an, a, a, he has someone who believes he's about to get abducted right there, then it's like, okay, like this is how close I am to the truth. If I could just mm-hmm. get some hard evidence. And so like his, his sort of like glee and like wonderment in that scene, I thought was a really good acting moment for David Duchovny for sure. He feels validated. That's true. Yeah. And Ryan is Mulder is trusting Dwayne Barry and Dwayne Barry is trusting Mulder. Scully shows up <laughs> and she's all, you know, Stephen mad in her big trench coat, her large trench coat. <laughs> and, and she's like, She's just like trying to get to t- she's trying to talk to somebody. So she's arguing with someone at the front and Krychek comes over and she's like, I'm not like I'm I'm I need to tell somebody what I found. <laughs> Krychek says, calm down. And the look she gives him Ooh, is pure ice. I love it. And she's just like, I'm not gonna calm down. Don't tell me to calm down. <laughs> a never tell a woman to calm down. B no. never tell a pregnant woman to calm down. <laughs> See, never tell Scully to calm down. No, she's always just calm. Just don't do it. Just don't tell a woman to calm down because, like, it is always condescending and will yes, never yes. end well. Exactly. And um, she she talks about what we find out that this is the next wrinkle in the story. Really, is that she says that Dwayne Berry was shot in the line of duty and it destroyed part of his brain. Which she calls mm-hmm. the moral sin of his brain, which I don't think is a mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, it, it, it's like that's just like not really the terminology I think we use anymore. Right, but like, and she she says this is about she mentions Phineas Gage, which this episode mm-hmm. was inspired by Phineas Gage. And I did a preliminary Google search as I do, because a lot of this stuff is like this is like I've heard the story about Phineas mm-hmm. Gage, right? Mm-hmm. You learn it but, in like intro psychology, I think. Exactly. And this is a very common story, but apparently so like someone went back and looked at some of the historical record and like it just there's no basis for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Like he he definitely got injured and he definitely like suffered for that and like he survived and all that stuff is true. But the the notion that his like personality was irrevocably changed and he was like incredibly violent doesn't necessarily hold up to like because because it's like maybe he was i don't know necessarily if he was more violent but at the very least he was not as extremely violent as everyone leads you to believe Mm -hmm. and um like i definitely remember like i feel like i've heard someone say like he was like abusive towards his wife and kids i don't know if you ever heard that but like he didn't have wife and kids yeah i don't know if i heard that or not 
Yeah, but like they said, like he couldn't keep down a job. That's definitely something I remember. But he did have a job. He he worked in Chile as a stagecoach driver. Um, and he he died of a he he had epilepsy and he ended up dying from mm, seizures. That makes sense. So like a lot of this stuff got abstracted mm-hmm. to the point where it was like just like so like retold and mythologized to the point of like being unrecognizable. Yeah, just like Which I that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I definitely. I mean, I don't know enough about their brain to know for sure, but the idea that someone becoming, having changes to their behavior based on brain damage, like, doesn't seem that absurd to me, but I don't think it'd be as pronounced as what is happening. I think, so, I mean, there are behavior changes that can come about because of brain damage and because of a lot of different things, like, whether it be, like, a physical trauma, like, from a, a, like, a singular, like, traumatic event or, like, I mean... Patients with dementia have have personality mm-hmm. changes, have mood changes. I mean, my so my grandpa has dementia and he's gotten a lot meaner is not quite the word. So my grandpa was always very classically a very, very sweet and kind man, very gentle. Mm-hmm. He's a lot sassier now. It's not quite mean, <laughs> but it is it is yeah. sassy. It's more like he says what he's thinking and feeling without filtering it anymore. Um, yeah. So it's like some of it, I think that maybe he might have always felt, but um, <laughs> <laughs> just sometimes he will he will just say something so mean and sassy about a family member, and I'm just oh like dying. God. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but so they start to listen to Scully, and so Mulder and Dwayne are talking, and then I just like I don't know why it really struck me, but. In the scene where, like, Scully talks to Mulder, when she starts, it's kind of like a close-up of her face, of course, mm-hmm. because they can't show any of her fucking body. <laughs> We're almost through it. <laughs> I know. But she, there's just, like, this very quiet way she says, Mulder, it's me, that I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't know why I'm so affected by this. But it's just like, <laughs> can you just imagine being Mulder and you're just like, suddenly you hear Scully's voice in your ear. <laughs> you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> Is this real? <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> but she conveys she tells him like he suffered an accident he, he's not he's he's not who you think he is he he he's a pathological liar he he's not in his right mind like you shouldn't believe what he's saying and because scully's telling him he's like oh this is true then you know <laughs> and and Mueller really starts to doubt Dwayne barry mm-hmm. and and at this point, Mulder does convince Dwayne to let the women go. And one of the women's like, oh, I believe you, Dwayne. She, like, quite literally has Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it, but I think it is, like, a layer of, like, this is how sympathetic Dwayne is to, like, mm-hmm. us and Mulder and the hostages, you know? Mm-hmm. And at this point, like... Mulder, like, straight up just asked Dwayne, like, are you lying? Are you telling me the truth? And it really sets Dwayne off. And he gets so mad. And (laughs) Dwayne Barry's quirk of referring to himself as a third person Mm -hmm. leads me to just think, are you calling Dwayne Barry a liar, like, all the time? (laughs) You, uh, call him Dwayne Barry a liar now? No. You gonna make it all up? No, I don't. I'm sorry. But then Mulder kind of realizes he's kind of he's kind of scared, honestly. And he, yeah. he realizes he he kind of messed up, and he's mm-hmm. just like, "Dwayne, you forgot to lock the door." And so he <laughs> has him go to the door where Dwayne gets shot. And then 
Agent Caston calls Mulder to the hospital where Dwayne is. And we find out the tracking devices he mentioned, which I did mention, but <laughs> he mentioned having tracking devices. And she's like, they're real. Like, um, and the thing he said about them drilling his teeth is real. Mm-hmm. And and Mulder gets so excited. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just like, hell yes. Hell yes. And so he gets one of the tracking devices and he takes it to Scully. And she has it examined at ballistics, which I didn't, uh, an, a fun and fun nugget is I need to find another way to say fun fact that isn't fun fact. <laughs> I love saying fun fact. Okay, I'll keep saying it then. Another and I love having fact. fun facts that are really generally not that fun, but are facts. <laughs> they're not fun. They're facts. They're they're very benign, honestly. <laughs> but this was the first scene Chris Carter shot as a director. Hmm. Is the uh, the ballistic scene here? And also, he mentioned about like you know having a screen and about how they they kind of had to like work that out themselves. You know, like mm-hmm. how to interact with screens, which is so funny because it's. I mean, like honestly, I feel like TV's still having that problem of like mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to interact with tech. Mm-hmm. I think they've somewhat na- nailed it down, but like it's I don't know. It's so interesting. Okay, so you know me. So I, of course, have a lot of opinions about the supermarket scene. Mm-hmm. Former supermarket worker. I was a cashier for two years. So um, she, she's buying pickles and ice cream, which is like a, a joke about her being pregnant. Like a very, very subtle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, at one point, the woman is scanning and she's like scanning the cereal box and she has it like flat instead of like upright. So you can see the skew at the bottom of the box, but it still beeps. But it's like. She's not scanning anything. <laughs> She's not scanning the skew. It's at the bottom. I love, I love, I love this critique. <laughs> and even just like her whole technique was weird. But like, I won't put that as her, on her as much because, because like the way it was set up, it was like one of those grocery stores where the cashier did the bagging too. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like they had a, a set bagger. I worked at a grocery store where we had baggers. Well, we allegedly had baggers. Sometimes they just wandered off, you know? <laughs> As they do, like a, which is you know fair. But. Yes. At one point, I there were these there was these two baggers at the job at the store I worked at, and one of them would never like if one one of them was put at like a register, the other one would show up, which ruled <laughs> as a cashier because then it's like you literally don't have to do any bagging because like both of the bagging spots are taken up by baggers, so like you're just scanning and it rules. But the problem is they don't like when you have two, right? Mm-hmm. And so they would try to reassign one of them and they would just migrate together. And so you'd lose I your bagger. <laughs> yes. It's so like they it was like a double-edged sword. They refused to work with anyone but each other. Exactly. And um the other my other fun note is there is they had like this water co- <laughs> they had this water cooler for the uh, the cart wranglers. And I walked past it once because I think it was inside for some reason. <laughs> Someone had written in Sharpie on it. Um, I still got swagger because I ain't no bagger. <laughs> I was like, God. The, so there's so there's yeah. a beef between the baggers and the parking lot attendants. Which is so funny because they do the same thing. Like, yeah, parking lot attenders are also baggers. They just get, like, also get paid a little bit more. <laughs> Do you want to know my crazy grocery store story that is like really bizarre to like everyone that I've met that's like not from the panhandle? Sure. Is okay. So the grocery store chain that was like the local chain in the part of Texas where I'm from. Um, and it's probably still this way. But so you would have your 
you would have your cashier and you'd have your bagger and the, the bagger would bag up all your stuff for you and put it back in your cart. And then they take the cart out to your car with you. Like they would go that. out to your car and like unload the cart, the cart into your car and then like take it back to the store with you. Like that was standard policy. Like, oh my God, they did that as a default. It wasn't like just for elderly people or people that looked like they needed assistance and they would ask, do you, you know, mm-hmm. do you need assistance? Like, no, like it was standard procedure for everyone. Do, do they allow them to get tips? No. What the Why hell? That's half the, that's half the fun of doing that. Like when I would bag, I would like ask people out and then they'd like, they'd give me like five bucks. One time this guy made me $10. It ruled. Yeah, that's a nice um, tip. But yeah, no, isn't that so yeah, weird? That's so weird to me now. So, I don't Living like in like a bigger city. I'm like, don't talk yes. to me. Um, yes. Why don't I let the stranger come and find out where my car is in the license plate? <laughs> I, I only like it when someone else bags my groceries because it goes faster. And that means I, my interaction yes. in the store is shorter. <laughs> But even then, if if there's not a bagger, I don't mind bagging my own stuff. <laughs> would it surprise you if I told you that I would sometimes strategically go to the lanes without baggers so I had to bag my own stuff? Because I like I'm shopping. I know exactly that like I'm looking at my cart and I'm like, I know what I'm gonna put in bags, right? I know yeah. the order. Yeah. That does not surprise I don't me some, at all. Yeah, some of those baggers are real bad. Anyway, so I obviously like saw the scene. I'm like, this is so unrealistic. Like, <laughs> she's she's not very fast. Which like, okay, that's fine. Like, the cashiers at Walmart aren't very fast because they have to bag their own groceries, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not really on her. But I'm like, this is so slow. She's so slow. And then like Scully pays with the check, and I just like got hives watching <laughs> that because I I hated when people pay with checks. Oh my god, because it was like a whole a ordeal. Robot. You had to take their. You had to take their license and you had to write down like all of their information. Okay, Shelby, but paying with a check for groceries in 1994 was standard. It was. But I'm just saying I hated it. Like, and she didn't even have to do anything special. She just took the check and was like, like, if this bounces, it's not on me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. My, yes. I'm, I'm not going to say that my mom wrote maybe a couple of hot checks for groceries back in the day, <laughs> but like... Or a couple of times, I remember her being like, hope that doesn't bounce. Yes, yes. I mean, she, she had a very balanced checkbook, so she knew it was a hot check, but still. <laughs> well, also, like, even when you pay by check at some stores, like, I think specifically Walmart, they take it out immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, which defeats the damn purpose, you know? Well, and now we have these things called debit cards. Yes. And everyone yes. has one. It's not like... Yes. I remember like back, we were in middle school whenever debit cards started being a thing, but not everyone mm-hmm. had one right away. It was like some right. people had a debit card and some people didn't. And it was like kind of confusing at first because it was just like, wait, it's a card, but it's not a credit card, but it's like a check or they would call them check cards instead of debit cards. <laughs> and it's like, why not just write a check? And then now what like 15 years later it's like unimaginable to me to write a check for something i mean i do have to do it occasionally and i have checks on hand for those rare instances but it's not an everyday thing (laughs) yes yes but uh so scully gets her groceries which she pays with by check and she she just has this idea of like scanning the the tracker that she got that the guy said looked like a barcode. So she scans it and the register guards haywire. And the poor woman had like left at this point. She took her till and left. And she comes back. She's like, did you do anything? And Scully was like, no. And I was like, man, I would, I'd be pissed if he messed up my register. I, you know, they're very delicate. I would also say no in response to that. <laughs> yes. Too. What is she going to say? I scanned this tracker they got out of a man who was holding a travel agency hostage. <laughs> I just I just love how she's just like, nope, and then like grabs her bags and leaves. 
Who who hasn't done that? Yeah. I, I can't cast a first tone. I've done that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was just like, man, you can't just mess up a cashier's register. <laughs> but then Dwayne Barry, we cut to the hospital and Dwayne Barry escapes and he knocks <laughs> out the cop with that fire extinguisher. <laughs> It just takes off. I was like, wow, they really do not have the secure for how um, wanted of a criminal he is at this point. No, it's like one dude and he's talking on the phone. He's and not he has even, his back to the he's door. He's also not even like restrained to his hospital bed. Yeah, I don't know. It was very weird. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, whatever happened. And so Scully calls Mulder and she relays the story about the tracker. But then she goes to her window. She hears a noise and she opens the blinds and bam, Dwayne Barry's there. She lets out this very audible gasp. And you just, the episode ends with her saying like, Mulder, Mulder, I need your help. And he kidnaps her. Very frowny face. Mm -hmm. But one observation I saw was like, nothing about this episode screams like two-parter, right? Mm -hmm. So much of its setup feels very indicative of like a regular episode of the X-Files. So mm-hmm. this is like another wrinkle that Chris Carter had of like, this seems really straightforward. Like, because a lot of it ends in ambiguity. So the idea that him fleeing didn't immediately say like, he's going to kidnap Scully. Because as we talked about before, like a lot of them remain ambiguous at the end. So like, that was like, oh yeah, sure. That's kind of par for the course. But then it was like, oh wait, like Scully's getting kidnapped. Oh wait, is this to be continued? You know? Mm-hmm. And so, and they made a heavily pregnant Jillian Anderson crawl on the floor. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I hate that. Now that we've spent an hour, <laughs> I will re- I will edit some of that out. <laughs> <laughs> edit out some of our very long tangents. It's fine. Yes. So now we will talk Ascension, which is the second part of this two parter. And Ascension aired October 21st, 1994. It was directed by Michael Lang and written by Paul Brown. I think Paul Brown's written some other ones, but he's he's not super notable as far as a X-Files writer to me, an X-Files diehard. I'm like, oh yeah, let's do the Red Ascension. <laughs> but uh, we pick up immediately after Scully has been abducted by Dwayne Barry. And Mulder is off trying to figure out where Dwayne is going with Scully and to catch up to him. This leads him to Skyland Mountain, and he perilously rides the tram car to the top, but doesn't make it there before Scully gets taken. In the ensuing confusion, Dwayne Barry gets killed, Mulder finds out the truth about Rat Boy, and Rat Boy disappears. At the end of all that, Skinner reopens the X-Files. Dun, dun, dun. So this episode, we really take off running. Like, this is a very mm-hmm. action-packed. And and they've had other action-packed episodes. Like, very noticeably, Marilyn Meyer Meyerfoss was very, like fast pace but mm-hmm. this one is really fast paced too and so we open him boulder's apartment and he's listening to the voicemail and he realizes scully's in trouble so he goes to her apartment and the cops are already there and so's the media which i thought i found interesting i don't know what they who, who tipped them off hmm? mm-hmm. maybe your smoking friend <laughs> but like Mulder's walking around and he's like noticing some you know blood and and some evidence and he's it's kind of intercutting his observations with what happened. And we cut, we see Scully get knocked to the ground and we see her crawl to try to grab her gun. And the very heavily pregnant Jillian Anderson crawling on the ground, which I think I read somewhere like she couldn't crawl. She kind of had to be pushed. Like, what? 
So not yes, only did, like, did they have her like on the ground on her stomach, but they like pushed yeah. her. They had to. I think they had to have someone just kind of push her because she couldn't crawl. And oh it's God, just like, is Piper the- okay? Y'all could literally do anything else. Yeah. Right. You were writing this. Like, you could write something else other than, like, she crawls on the ground, you know? Yeah. Absurd. Or when just, I like, find- cut to her being on the ground, it's like... Yes. When I find out who is responsible for this, <laughs> they will pay. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, we'll talk about it eventually, but, like, ugh. Some of the stuff Jillian Anderson had to go through... I can't in, believe like, it. like, being pregnant. It's, it's unfathomable. Like, I know a lot of, like... A lot of that conversations come out now about like, you know, inequities in media and entertainment and stuff. But like and I'm sure some of it still happens, but it's just like it's it's truly astonishing. Yeah. Well, I do like remember when my mom was pregnant with my older sister. So this is like the late 80s. She got fired from a job because she was pregnant. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, like that was the thing they that, wanted to fire. Like you, Jillian Anderson. Yeah, I think I don't know if that was the thing that you could do by like you know ninety three, ninety four. But like I mean, and I don't know, like maybe it still wasn't like a thing you could do. But like maybe she got fired right. for some other reason. But the real reason was because she was pregnant with my sister. Right, right. Like, but like yeah, you could get fired because you were pregnant. Like they wouldn't, or it yeah. would be really hard for you to get hired if you were already like visibly pregnant. Yes, because like no one would want to like train you for a couple months and then have you go on maternity leave. And and then like not come yeah. back or like yeah some other like bullshit like we treat mothers awful in the workplace in america absolutely absolutely um uh, but we'll definitely get to that later mm-hmm. yeah sorry <laughs> no it's it's totally fine i just i like definitely want to have a conversation about it but obviously like we're kind of time constrained now but yeah we're, we can't help ourselves it's very it's very dire <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so so he's he's like kind of piecing together what he thinks happened. Like that this kind of his his thought process is like visually how it's set up. Like so we hear a commotion at the front door and Mulder goes to it and we see Scully's mom, Margaret Scully, and she's trying to get in and Mulder goes to talk to her. And he says like she's not there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we get to the credits and we have a new tagline. I love when we have new taglines. This one says deny everything, which will come up later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is an important note for later. This is a clue. <laughs> Deny everything asterisk. <laughs> and um, so we have Mulder and Margaret. I think she goes by Maggie. We have Mulder and Maggie talking. Aww. And um, her her mom says that she had a premonition of Scully being taken. But she was like, I didn't call her because she doesn't believe in that kind of stuff anyway. And I didn't want to scare her. Aww. It was very sweet. And Skinner is you know, talking to a room of uh, agents about Scully's disappearance. And Mulder's like barely keeping it together. Uh, and, and and so Skinner's like, okay, like give us your report and then go home. And Mulder's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I loved, I loved the very, very classic line. I've been in his head. I know how he You're thinks. You're too close to this case. You're too close to this case. <laughs> He said the thing. He said the thing that's in all the cop shows. Mm-hmm. He did it. Finally. <laughs> he is too close to this case. And Skinner puts Rat Boy in charge of getting Mulder home. That's not happening. No. One, because you're not going to get Mulder to go home when Scully's abducted. Mm-hmm. Two, like, Rat Boy's not going to do anything. Mm-mm. He's, like, next to useless. Yep. He's only good for getting coffee. <laughs> yes, yes. And 
we we cut to Dwayne driving. I okay, so I put in my note driving on some FM road, and then I had to look up if FM roads existed outside Texas, and they don't. So this is county a state road. Okay, <laughs> I'm like county roads. <laughs> yeah, I don't know county roads necessarily, but um, for those who aren't from Texas, FM is farm to market road. Mm-hmm. Such a weird phrase, but it's just our rural highways, you know. Yeah, there's, I don't think they're unique. There's a couple of different iterations. There's also like um, RMs, like Ranch to Market, or mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, but anyway, this is uh, the State Route two two nine or two two seven or something. I I did have a note. This seems pretty flat for Virginia. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to a mountain. And it's just very flat. <laughs> So Dwayne Barry gets pulled over because he's speeding, I assume. Those those cop those roads are always like riddled with cops, you know? Oh yeah. Speed traps everywhere. Yeah. They they don't have anything else to do. And Dwayne's acting really suspicious. He's got his music up real loud and he's got like blood on his hands and on his shirt and everything. But um Scully makes a noise in the trunk, which distracts the cop long enough for Dwayne to shoot and kill him. Um, which Chris Carter said that, like, this scene of Scully in the trunk, in the shot of Scully in the trunk, they really had to, like, fight the censors to include it because, like, I think they were worried about it being, like, too graphic, which is so interesting because, like, how graphic TV is now. Like, obviously, right. network still has its limitations. Right. But- I was I was thinking, like, she's also heavily pregnant and then they also stuff her in a trunk. Like, yes, yes. Which it, I, I saw a quote from Chris Carter saying that she was a trooper doing this. And I'm like, more like she probably thought she would lose her job if she wouldn't. You right. Know? More like y'all were holding her employment over her head. Yeah, I, lo- I love to find out that like some producers think I ruined the show by getting pregnant and wanting to recast me and then like having the idea of being like, I'm not getting in this trunk. Like, no, like, why would she, you know? Right. But um, yeah, so we f- see Scully in the trunk, which Mulder is examining the footage from the cop's dash cam. And <laughs> he was actually kind of surpri- like happy about it because he's like, she's still alive, you know, like this is a good sign in mm-hmm. a way, that she's in this trunk. I mean, no, not really, but <laughs> you know what I mean. That boy's I did depressed. love the other... Yeah, he's, he's holding on to hope. He's like, she's still alive. I can find he's, her. We're at Scruffy Mulder, which is just like depressed Mulder. Yes. He's, he's got a five o'clock shadow. He looks miserable. That boy's His sad. hair looks awful. Mm-hmm. I hate his hair. It's really bad. <laughs> it's very bad. It's too long on top. <sighs> yeah. And uh, it is very classic, the other classic trope of, like, enhance, enhance. I know. <laughs> enhance, this, enhance there. It's like, that's not going to do anything on that low quality of a photo. It's just going to be yes. bigger pixels. <laughs> you can't create nothing out of nothing, you know? Like, yeah. You can't zoom into a low fa- low quality image and, like, get a higher quality image. <laughs> Sorry, tripod just, like, meowed. <laughs> She well, she woke up and she stretched and made like a meow. Sorry, you're gonna bed that up. That's okay. Baby, you're on mic. <laughs> Behave. And and Boulder still hasn't slept. He, he he's he's running on fumes. And but he does figure out that he's listening to his his conversation with Dwayne Barry. And he he connects the fact that he says ascending to the stars, and that gives him the clue that he's going to Skyland Mountain. And I love I love how my note here just says in all caps rat boy activated <laughs> rat boy mode activated. <laughs> I mean you're not wrong. Yes, rat boy goes into rat boy mode and he calls and he says, "Oh, we're going to Skyland Mountain, by the way." <laughs> 
And so they drive off to Skyline Mountain, and there's a very ominous shot of cigarette-smoking man just lurking, smoking in a car. Yep, that's what he does. And there's there's also a scene where Mulder is talking to Crycheck about because one of, one of the things he posits is that like Dwayne Berry found Scully because she had the tracking device from him. But then he also says that doesn't seem possible that he tracked her via that. I think what's more likely is that someone gave her his address, which mm-hmm. kind of like is honestly the first hint of like this being sinister, right? Because mm-hmm. before it was just like you know someone who was suffering a mental health crisis. Or is or it's just like kind of unstable and and fearful taking Scully, but now it adds the element of like, but what if this is on purpose, right? Yeah, what if this is targeted? Mm-hmm. And they they get to Skyland Mountain and they interview a tram operator, aggressively Canadian accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and he says like, oh yeah, I made him drive up the road, and he's drove up there 45 minutes ago and it's like a little bit over an hour drive so like I'm a very small window to beat Dwayne Barry to the summit <laughs> and Mulder's like okay you're gonna take me up on the tram then right and he's like no we just put in a new cable <laughs> and Mulder literally like pull like unbuckles his clip for his belt his like gun and he's like you don't have a choice and it's like oh my god dude this man is so dumb like whenever he goes in crisis mode because scully is missing or potentially injured or whatever like he literally risks his life in the dumbest ways and we are about to see that he is spiraling bad yeah and so the guy's trying to give him instructions and he's like don't go over 15 miles an hour and like as soon as he starts talking to him Mulder just like turns it on and just he's like bye I'm not listening. He turns it on and then cranks it up the speed. Yeah, he's like, I don't care. Bye. <laughs> That's an untested cable. That's why the guy didn't want him up there. Like Exactly. We have the scene of Mulder in the tram car and the, tr- the operator getting more and more frustrated and being like, mm-hmm. turn down the speed. Like, the cable is going to jump or snap or something. Like, I'm not going to be responsible for your death. And so Mulder, like, kind of starts to listen in that. Like, he kind of slows it down when he goes over the towers. But for the most part, he's just trying to zoom off. And as he gets closer to the top, uh, Crycheck is like trying. He's like getting nervous. He he has his orders to obey, you know. And so Mm -hmm. he knocks out the tram operator. Not only knocks him out, but he kills him, right? Uh, Yeah. Well, he they say he disappeared, but we can only assume that he died, right? Because like, yeah. So he like almost certainly kills the tram operator and stops the tram. And and Mulder's grief ad adult brain <laughs> his strategy is to climb on top of the tram as one does and david coney did a lot of his own stunts in this scene which you can tell because like they're very clearly like shots of him instead mm-hmm. of like a stunt double right there are some scenes where i feel like there were probably a stunt double when like mm-hmm. it's a little out but an, uh, an interesting quote from chris harder was like you know, David did a lot of his own stunts here, but he was also like, if I'm doing them, you need to see me. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I'm not I'm not risking life at Lamb for you not to zoom in on my beautiful, ugly hair. <laughs> <laughs> not risking life in Lamb to not have my face. Because yes, exactly. But this it's really well done. Like he's he's definitely hanging, he's dangling from the tram at one point because Crycheck restarts it because he's bought enough time for whoever is you know, responsible for Scully's disappearance. Mm-hmm. And Mulder, like, kind of falls and he has to, like, grab onto the edge of the tram and, like, pull himself back up. But he eventually gets to the summit and he finds Scully's car and he finds her cross necklace in the 
the trunk. But then we see a bright light. And, and then he sort removes of evidence aircraft. from a crime scene. Sorry. Yes, very him. Very him. <laughs> She's going to need her cross necklace immediately. <laughs> I'm like, Mulder, don't remove evidence from a crime scene. Come on. <laughs> and he, he finds Dwayne Barry and Dwayne Barry's very excited and he's cheering. And he's like, you know, they didn't take me this time, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is where we find out, like, at least from Dwayne Barry's description, it's like, According to Dwayne Berry, Scully has been abducted by them, which it's safe to assume he means aliens, right? Mm-hmm. And then we see another bright light as like Mulder is like got his hands, got Dwayne Berry's hands behind his back and like pulling him away. And we see another bright light. Dwayne Berry's just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> but I did love that like this is a helicopter. Like we very much hear the sounds and we see the helicopter, right? Mm-hmm. So like even up to this point, there's there's like a lot of amb- ambiguity of what is actually happening. Like we can choose to believe Dwayne Berry's explanation of like aliens took her right or we Mm -hmm. can believe another theory that like someone took her but it's not necessarily aliens like maybe it's the military maybe it's a shadow segment of the government or or some sort of group but like i i do find it really interesting because up to this point like they do have this like ambiguity they like to play with as far as that's concerned Mm mm-hmm so Mulder gets Dwayne Barry and he, he's, you know, interrogating him <laughs> in a very, like, distressed man uh, protagonist in a cop show way, you know, like, asking him if he killed Scully, you know, just losing it. And, like, <sighs> he's going cop mode and he, he tries on. to choke out. <laughs> he tries to choke out Dwayne Barry. I hate it. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a lot. Like, I, I think yeah. it makes sense for Mulder, but, like. It is, like, it's the show varied a little too close to, like, a procedural. Right. right? And it's also, like, they were worried about Scully being shown in a trunk being too graphic, but they're just going to show Mulder, like, full-on choking out Dwayne Barry? hmm What? No. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I wonder, I feel like a lot of that is just, like, accepted, right? Like, even today, I feel like there's this level of, I don't know, like, cops going off on people. Like, I think of, like... You know, Law and Order SVU. That was like Stabler's entire MO for like mm-hmm. what, like ten to twenty. I don't remember how long he was on the show, but like, <laughs> like ten years at least. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is just like going off on suspects, and it's like, oh, it's fine. You know, he just cares. He cares too much. That's why he's like he cares violating so basic much. Civil he commits police brutality. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, it, but it is it is an interesting thing to say that like this is okay to show, but like Scully in a trunk isn't. You know, I think it's also mind. like very much like again a sign of the times, like mm-hmm. the level of like police brutality that was just like accepted. Yes, versus like now where it's something that's like very in the forefront of our collective consciousness. Yeah. Yes, it's it's like genuinely funny. Maybe not genuinely, but it is like. It is. I haven't seen a ton of like procedurals like today because like obviously they have to reckon with this um, because there's like a conversation that they have to have about it and like mm-hmm. it's sort of like you know the X Files didn't have this conversation and kind of it's not that it doesn't need to have this conversation but like it's not airing anymore you know like right. this isn't an ongoing legacy right mm-hmm. so so we can watch it and we can see that like this was the 90s so obviously like. They had a completely different idea of what's acceptable. Mm -hmm. But now, but if you were to make the show now, like, obviously, there'd be, like, a whole thing piece about Mulder going off. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
you would deserve it too. <laughs> oh, whole, wholeheartedly. Yeah. 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 100%. But, uh, yeah. So Mulder kind of comes to his senses and stops choking Dwayne Barry. And Dwayne Barry apologizes to Mulder. Um, because I think he like, I think he was doing a lot of this because he was so afraid. But then like now that he's done it and he realizes like the repercussions of this, of like someone else was taken. He's like, I'm sorry. You know, like, and I thought that was, um, I thought that was a good scene. Like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I feel like even with Dwayne Berry taking Scully, I feel like I didn't necessarily like lose sympathy for him because it, it never felt like it was like his idea. It kind of felt like it was planted in his mind at the very least. Right. It's one of those things where it's just like, he, he does a bad thing. Right. And like, that's not okay. But mm. also like he's a victim too. Like it, his his victimhood does not excuse any of his bad behaviors, but like he is right. still a victim too. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's well acted enough that like you really buy the idea that like mm-hmm. he really didn't think it was true, honestly. Mm-hmm. And and Mulder leaves, and and Mulder like kind of goes to stare off into the distance, sadly. And he has like, a he vision does. of what he thinks. Yeah, he has a vision of what he thinks is happening to Scully, which involves uh, drills. There's like a drill, mm. and then there's like her her stomach, like you, oh, like a giant suction cup on her pregnant stomach. <laughs> yes, it's so weird. Ugh. I think I, I honestly think they just like put in weird scenes. They're like, oh, like just for flavor, like right. Here's just her very heavily, very heavily pregnant she's stomach. So pregnant. Oh my god. Yes. She's huge. God. She's and they made her crawl. I know. Unreal. Unreal. And then later we're like, oh yeah, we're gonna exploit it. For like weird, gross out alien experiment factor, and it's like, y'all, can you just stop? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. We it's there. There's like a lot that comes out of Scully's abduction that mm-hmm. is like it's such a mixed bag. Honestly, like there's some <laughs> stuff they do that I find really compelling. There's other stuff they do that I'm just like, I I hold you personally responsible for this. <laughs> like this mm-hmm. is so bad. Like this is so frustrating. Which. Yes, I, I feel like we will eventually have to talk about it, even though it frustrates me so much. And it's like, you know, I don't want to trash my own show. Like, this is my favorite show, right? And it's mm-hmm. not that I can't think critically about it. Mm-hmm. But like, sometimes when they make writing mistakes, you find really frustrating. You kind of don't want to talk about them, you know? Mm-hmm. But we should talk about them. And I guess we will eventually. <laughs> but we're not there yep. yet. Not yet. Not yet. And so Mulder sees Krychek talking to Dwayne Barry, and he gets really mad in very Mulder fashion. And he just says, no one's to talk to him except me. <laughs> and uh, and then Skinner shows up mm-hmm. to Skyland Mountain, looking grumpy. and Understandably so. Yes. He's immediately mad at Mulder. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, chastises him. But then, like, someone shouts, and we see that Dwayne Barry dies. And the last person to see him, of course, is Rat Boy. Hmm. Check. Hmm. He's he's activating rat rat mode. Rat mode activated. <laughs> That's our our second T-shirt idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Mulder goes to Quantico. Like, so he dies. Dwayneberry dies, and we have a scene of Mulder looking at Dwayneberry's dead body, and someone comes in, and he's just like, "Oh, are you the pathologist?" And she's like, "Yes," and he's like, "I'd like to report," and she's like, "No." I love her. <laughs> she's like, "No." But it's so sad because she she is 
she's with the military and mm-hmm. Quantico being under military jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. And she said there was no FBI pathologist on on call for this. So it was done by the military. And so for Mulder to get the report of what happened to Dwayne Barry, he'd have to go through the military channels, which would just be like red tape. And basically they're keeping the report from him, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. But but the added later layer of like the FBI pathologist that would be on duty would be Scully, but she was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. It's just very sad. Mm-hmm. Another a twist of the knife that's already in Mulder, you know? Yeah. And then we have the very, very crucial scene of Rat Boy with Cigarette Smoking Man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and he, Rat Boy's getting his instructions and Cigarette Smoking Man's just like, just go along with Mulder. Like, you you need his trust, which like, he doesn't have his trust, right? Like, Mulder's not trusty. <laughs> he, Rat Boy cannot get his trust. <laughs> Mulder is very trusting, just not a Rat Boy. Yes, there is a singular person who's trusty enough. <laughs> Uh, and then Rat Boy makes a good point and he says if Mulder's that much of a threat why not eliminate him that's a good point yeah and Cigarette Smoking Man says kill Mulder and you risk making one man's religion into a crusade which like how many people know about Mulder <laughs> like, like who are they going to like who do they think that they're what like secret army do they think that they're like going to activate by making Mulder a martyr like the lone gunman yeah yeah no. Yeah, this is like proto proto internet. Like he's right. not like some Q figure, you know. <laughs> right. But so Mulder and Krychek are supposed to go to OPR, which is the Office of Pro- Pro- the Office of Professional Responsibility, Ew. to because <laughs> because there's a dead body, there's the dead tram operator, there is the the dead Dwayne Barry. You know, like yeah, lots of lots of bad stuff happened. <laughs> They, they like, went off book and didn't tell Skinner where they were going. You know, mm-hmm. like, somebody needs to answer for this. Yeah, genuinely, yeah. And so, but but instead of doing any of that, because Mulder's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Personal responsibility? That's something that's not in his wheelhouse. No. <laughs> and so he's like, Crutchet, can I borrow your car? And he's like, uh, okay. <laughs> I would, personally, I would never let Mulder borrow my car, I no. think. No. No. Yeah. That's a no from me, dude. But Krychek lets him for some reason. And Mulder goes to Senator Matheson. But before he can get to Senator Matheson's office, X shows up. And X says the tagline. He says, deny everything. Because they're talking about, he says, like, Senator Matheson can't help you now. It would it would hurt his career too much. So you're, you're SOL, like Mulder, you know? <laughs> you don't have any options to turn to. Shit out of luck. Yeah, and um, and and Mulder just you know says <laughs> he even says at one point like your predecessor could have helped me. She's <laughs> like the low blow, low blow, Mulder. <sighs> Mulder still grieving. has those like daddy issues with deep throat. <laughs> he will like literally never resolve his daddy issues. <laughs> no, never. That man will not go to therapy. No, no. He he only goes to like regression hypnosis therapy where like he all he talks about is his sister abduction. That's all. <laughs> Mulder, you have more than just that trauma in your life. <laughs> you, we're talking multiple traumas, layers of traumas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this this man has several mental illnesses. You need to work through all of those layers, <laughs> not just the <laughs> sister abduction one. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, so Mulder and X talk, and X says, like, you know, 
He just kind of says like their their policy is to deny everything. They're not going to tell you anything. You're not going to learn anything. Mm-hmm. And Mulder leaves dejected. But he checks the car ashtray for some interesting reason. I mean, I guess he had a hunch. He he obviously didn't trust Crycheck that much. And I don't know. He just he just felt suspicious. And so he checks the ashtray. And what does he find with Morley cigarettes? Ba ba ba. And so uh, Mueller goes to the second person, the s- person he trusts the most, second after Scully, Skinner. <laughs> and so he tells Skinner that he thinks Krychek's dirty. He thinks that Krychek killed Dwayne Barry. He thinks that Krychek maybe killed the tram operator. And in the and in this conversation, you know, Skinner kind of asks Mulder, like, why did they take Scully? You know, and he says, like, I think she had hard damning evidence and and that she had the tracker mm-hmm. or his his other theory is that she was taken because of him because it would mm-hmm. it would it would stop Mulder from investigating which is interesting we will i guess we can we we might get into this more but it is mm-hmm. very interesting to uh <laughs> to just say that like she was taken because of him right you know mm-hmm. he's making Scully's abduction all about him it's personal to him <laughs> He is taking it personally. He all caps, bold letters. <laughs> yes. But then they find out that Crycheck is nowhere to be found. His phone has been disconnected and he didn't call in and he's not in the office. So maybe Mulder has a point. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of funny the scene where like Mulder asks like Skinner, like, what do you know about Crycheck? And Skinner like really kind of has this, he doesn't lower his guard or his like barrier with Mulder very often but he kind of has this really mm-hmm. fun moment where he's just like I've I don't really know much about him either like it's it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of cute <laughs> yeah yeah and and you know like and Mulder gets mad because it sort of feels like another piece that slipped away another mm-hmm. clue that slipped away and he just kind of you know gets kind of mad and he just says to Skinner like what are you gonna do about it and Skinner says uh there's only one thing I can do about it Mulder as of right now I'm reopening the x-files yeah that's what they fear the most we're back we're back we're baby. back baby let's go <laughs> but we're saying we're saying Scully so we're still in mourning mm. we're not fully back yet yeah we're almost back <laughs> when she comes back and be like we're back baby we we yeah we gotta save it for then but we're mm-hmm. partially back baby partially back <laughs> and Mulder goes to meet Scully's mom oh. and <laughs> I don't you probably noticed this but with like the remastered Blu-ray mm-hmm. you know stuff mm-hmm. it's it's so it's so funny because there were some scenes like they couldn't remaster for whatever reason that they weren't shot in film maybe um but. <laughs> She's like cutting this very clear and crisp image of Mulder to like this grainy ass photo of Sheila Larkin. This (laughs) Margaret Scully. This episode was probably these two episodes because I noticed it in Dwayne Barry too. These two, Mm -hmm. uh, it was like again scenes with her, but like these episodes, it drove me crazy. It was just like, why is half of it HD and half of it not? Like, if you can't restore all of it, I don't know, keep it consistent. Like, It drove me crazy when it was just like <laughs> HD shot of Mulder, but then like low lower res shot of like everything else. It was like yeah, it drove me crazy. I, I didn't mind it too much, but it does always crack me up. But it's like it's always very noticeable with um with like exterior shots mm-hmm. when they have them. Like they're always like not always, but like frequently pretty grainy. 
Mm-hmm. And so I don't really know why. I mean, they are shooting outdoors, so I don't know if that's something to do with it. But they just like <laughs> they did not have high 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 res shots of uh, Maggie Scully. <laughs> It'd be nice if they but, did, but yeah, yeah. And and so he he's talking to her, and he's just like giving her an update. It was very kind of him. And he he reaches in his pocket to give his her mom her cross necklace. And and she she like looks at it and <laughs> she says, I gave it to her on her 15th birthday. And it's like, you know what? Later you say you gave it to her at Christmas. So what is the truth? <laughs> In a later episode, there's a whole scene about like Scully and her sister getting these crosses for Christmas. <laughs> so please be consistent. No, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> but then... She gives it back to Mulder and she just says, like, when you find it to her, when you find her, give it to her. Which is such a sweet moment. It's very sweet. I uh, would say, though, my mom would react 100% the opposite way. She'd be really? Like, she would, like, keep the... She would She would be like, this is mine. My daughter is yeah. missing because of the work she's involved with with you. I don't yes. like you. I'm mad at yes. you right now. Get the fuck away yes. from me. That's, that that'd like be a, how my mom would react. That is, like, a reasonable response to, like, Mulder's whole deal, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But But Maggie really likes him. There is a family member that really hates him for that exact reason. <laughs> and we will get to it eventually. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's basically the whole the whole two episodes. Scully's missing because she's on maternity leave. And we, we are very sad, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. And yes, that's basically what happened. So now we will do our ratings and then we will talk about why we picked these episodes. Even though it probably is obvious. Yeah. Our segment time. And of course, as always, we start with... Agent Mulder. Shut up, Mulder. Damn it, Mulder! Mulder! How annoying was Mulder this episode? He was a sweetie pie, I think. He obviously, like, was losing it. But um, I thought it was cute and sweet in a, uh, a messed up way. And so I'm giving him a two. Because we haven't <laughs> had any... We have, okay. We've not had any contentious Mulder ratings in a while. We've been we've been on the same ground for too long. I need to spice it up again. And also like I'm genuinely like I don't think he was annoying. Okay, I will I will give you that he was not that annoying in Dwayne Barry. Mm-hmm. But I gave him okay, so I gave him so separate I don't know about separate ratings. Okay. He has like a ve- he's got like a ten from me because of the oh police brutality. <laughs> You know, that's fair, but like, Literally, wow, like, that's really high. Like, I my, my notes are, Jesus, Mulder, what the fuck, 10 Mulder rating just for trying to strangle Dwayne Barry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? You're not wrong, but also like, I'm not, Dwayne I, Barry maybe had a little bit of it coming to him. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just, yeah, so he, he has a 10 for me. I don't think he was that annoying in Dwayne Barry, but in Ascension, I was like, this man is climbing on top of trams and mm-hmm. that's cute dying and uh strangling witnesses and removing evidence from crime scenes i, I yeah i'm no. i'm setting aside i'm setting aside my feminism for a moment <laughs> it's it's being set aside it's cute it's cute that he's rampaging <laughs> for her i find it so annoying that he's just being like He's like, it's just like, oh, I don't have very much patience for the like, he's just like going crazy because of his grief. Like, 
He is taking it personally. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he has a 10 from me. And, you know, I get, I know that there are times whenever he is more of an asshole, but he can get more than one 10 from me. That's fair. I think this is our first 10, right? It is. Yeah. Yes. So a momentous occasion. <laughs> Definitely. A, you said too, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> You know, I need to spice things up. I need some. This I need is, to start shit for no reason. A contentious moderating. But I didn't just give him a two for that. I genuinely like. I don't think he was annoying. And there's something in my lizard brain that finds it like very soothing. That like you know he's mm-hmm. he's so he's so dedicated to her that he's like willing to do like some really messed up stuff for her, right? Yeah, I think it's funny that you find that soothing, and I find that like highly grating. <laughs> okay, no, okay, you're not you're not putting this on me, Laura, because. <laughs> Literally, if Philip Jennings did this, you would find it very soothing because he does do this when he, parentheses, American spoilers, cuts her hands off in the garage in spoilers. Don't, don't, don't try to tell me that they're different characters, show me. How are they different? They're both incredibly depressed and have several mental illnesses. Mulder's just so incredible. Mulder's committing like police brutality though, and Philip Jennings isn't. He's just defending his wife. He kills people (laughs) for Elizabeth. I mean, I would too for Carrie Russell, but it's different. That's uh, yes. I'm saying that I would kill somebody. No, I would not. I'm just joking. I'm joking. (laughs) Joking. 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 I would kill someone for Gillian Anderson. Joking. Joking. I. I'm not saying it's not different but it feels different it they're okay, written that's... differently you have to admit that they are completely no. different shows <laughs> you're right I'm, I'm not saying that they're all exactly like one for one i'm just saying the same part of my lizard brain that finds it very soothing that philip jennings kills people for elizabeth is the same part of my lizard brain that pretends not to see Mulder committing police brutality <laughs> for skelly <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> you know, yeah, I can be hypocritical on this. It's fine. That's fine. That's fine. We've we finally figured out something to call you out on though. There you go. I told you it would happen eventually. <laughs> and so next. So uh this must be the enigmatic agent Scully. We have Scully's sassiest moment. Would you like to go first? I'm ninety percent confident we have the same one. Um, yeah, so I actually didn't award it to Scully this episode, these episodes, because, like, she's, A, not really in Ascension, and B, she's barely in Dwayne Barry, and she does have, like, that really funny moment with, like, Crycheck, and, like, that is her sassiest moment by far, but I was just so, um... I was just so in love with C.H. Pounder whenever she started giving Crycheck her coffee order that I'm giving it to her. It's amazing. Valid. Like, yes, queen. Yes, that was so Give funny. him your Starbucks so order. Good. I love how, like, she doesn't know anything about Crycheck, but just, like, she just knows Immediately, that she should she treat knows. him like shit. Those are great She's instincts. Like, yes. I love She's it. She's like, yeah, actually, like, this dude is nothing to me. Queen Mine shit. is, of course, when Scully says... <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me to calm down i'm not gonna calm down <laughs> amazing beautiful i love it i love yes. it yeah i feel like siege founders moment also needed to be recognized as a beautiful sassy absolutely moment. but absolutely. yes the sassy <laughs> standard since scully isn't in it a lot scully telling saying don't tell me to calm down is amazing yes and 
finally. Welcome. You've got mail. Our 90th moment of the episode. Um, uh, well, I guess I could mention, I made one for Dwayne Berry and Ascension, both. Uh, we're kind of treating these as one, but mm -hmm. I still just say, like, my Dwayne Berry one is that, like, a travel agency exists. Mm -hmm. That was, yeah, that was a contender online. Yeah. And then uh, for the for Ascension, it was um, the car having an ashtray. Yeah. <laughs> um, Everybody's on e-cigarettes now. Yeah. They don't need an ashtray. Yeah. Yeah. Cars don't even really have ash. They don't have ashtrays no. anymore. They don't you have a cigarette lighter either. Yeah. You just have to flick your cigarette out the window if you drive while smoking, which I've only seen one of our friends do that. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're going to be a guest <laughs> later on, so I'm not going to out them right now. But my 90s moment yeah. was definitely paying for groceries with a check. Because while that oh, happens still rarely today and more frequently it's like in the early folks. 2000s, it's like yeah. it was like the like number one to pay for way to pay for groceries, though, like in the 90s. Like people, I feel like mostly played for groceries with checks and not with like a credit card. Yeah, totally. Also, because like credit cards didn't exist until like the late '80s. Oh right, they so, they needed a new scam, right, for us, right. And I they hate needed it. to get more money out of us. I go off all the time about how I don't understand credit, and I think that's because it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, it's like not real. It's like fake. It's yeah, it's, I refuse to get a credit card, and my coworkers are like, "Well, that's not good for your credit," and I'm like, "That makes no sense to me." <laughs> Like, what am I going to use the credit for? I can't afford anything. <laughs> I know, right? And it's like, I'm from a family where, like, my parents had a lot of credit card debt. Like, mm -hmm. doesn't seem smart to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so why we chose the episodes, it's probably extremely obvious in the sense that they're very, very important, right? But I think even more than that, like, a lot of things I've read from, like, TV critics and even from, like, the cast and crew of The X-Files, like the writers and Chris Carter and stuff... They talk a lot about like this episode being a pivotal moment in the show because mm -hmm. up to this point, like we talk a lot about the mythology, but like up to this point, like even watching the mythology, they feel very, it's very much like they feel very like anthology. Like they're obviously connected in that they're all about aliens, mm -hmm. but there's no our overarching plot structure. And so now like Scully being abducted puts like, it raises the stakes, right? But even more than that, it puts this like, a group responsible for the action and like this kind of conspiracy about aliens that's like bigger than just vaguely gesturing at like the military or like the CIA, you know? <laughs> and so like this is mm -hmm. really giving it more structure to the mythology mm -hmm. and allowing the mythology to play a more important role in the show. Yeah, and it's making it more personal for the characters too, right? Like Mulder's taking mm -hmm. this, as we mentioned, very personally. And, yes. uh, yeah, Scully is too, since it's, like, happening to her. And even with Scully, like, you take somebody who's a skeptic, who doesn't believe in aliens, she doesn't believe in alien abductions, and you have her be abducted. Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Where the show takes that is deeply interesting. I think the real strength of the show, because you have someone who, you know, when she talks about it in Beyond the Sea, she says she's afraid to believe. Now she's even more afraid to believe. Right. Because it's so much... It's so wound up in this trauma of, like, right. being abducted. Mm -hmm. And so I think, like, that stubbornness has, like, a real emotional backing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's the joke about, like, you know, she's a skeptic and she very blatantly 
you know, ignores all the evidence and like, sure, right? But I think like, yeah, like with this emotional backing, like that makes sense for her as a character. Like, I can't, I can't believe in aliens or I have to confront like what happens to me, right? And so it is kind of like a, a, an interesting yeah. twist of fate that she became pregnant and had to step away and that they filled that that need with like her being abducted. Mm-hmm. And so it is like, it really takes the show from like being good to like being great. It really elevates the show a ton. So yeah, it's like, it's honestly, I would probably venture to say like the most important episodes of the X-Files, like which mm-hmm. is a high bar, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But like honestly, like it really does. It it it, it just. I, it, I mean, I was just so blown away. You know, mm-hmm. it, it they set the show on the trajectory it kind of takes for the rest of its life, and I think that that is why they're so critical and important. Is because like these episodes actually do really just like this is like where the show goes Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. even like on the more like you know monster of the week episodes that don't matter as much like they are just the rest of the show is just so heavily influenced by this plot line absolutely and and so so much comes out of this plot line Mm -hmm. for better or for worse you know but but yeah like i i just i don't know it just it's it's so exciting it's 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 really when the show takes off and and I'm really excited to talk about where it goes from here, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz it's so interesting and and just like giving <laughs> just giving Jillian Anderson such a big like challenge, right? Like an mm-hmm. acting challenge, you mm-hmm. know, taking this and and doing what she does with it so compelling. Mm-hmm. And even with Mulder like a lot of like the similar similarities of Scully getting abducted, like reminding him of his sister. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like yet another like person he cares so much about and is so close to being taken from him um yeah it just it it really helps both their characters uh really add this complexity in this these stakes to the show that that Mm -hmm. they hadn't really got to yet like obviously deep throat dying was important but it it doesn't like it doesn't stick to Mm -hmm. as much as this does so Mm -hmm. yes we've we've finally done it i was so nervous to talk about it but we have finally discussed we did Scully's it. abduction we did it uh we hope you enjoyed the episodes i was really excited to talk about them and also very nervous to talk about them because they are so <laughs> important and it, it really it just like really astounds me that like you know we talked about like creativity you know limitations affecting creativity and this is really one of those moments it's like there's just you know by chance really <laughs> mm-hmm. of like having this ex- you know having to work this out and even like and even even grander than that, like this this plot line kind of reminds me of why I like TV so much. Because like, if y'all don't know, if y'all aren't my friends, <laughs> you don't know. I I do not like movies. <laughs> it's really funny. I like because you love TV. I have seen I've seen movies, right? Mm-hmm. I've obviously seen movies, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen most movies. <laughs> you can we okay we we have been binge watched so many tv and like so much mm-hmm. tv in like one sitting together it's not that you can't hold your attention for that long either because yeah. you can <laughs> <laughs> i just don't like movies there's they're okay. too short and like even even like franchises i also find boring but mm-hmm. um we're not gonna dive into that but i just wanted <laughs> to say like <laughs> that like this this plot line really reminds me how much i love tv because because TV is like very much this like living, breathing thing. And because of like how long it shoots and how many episodes it has, you really have, you, you kind of have to adjust quicker than you do have with the movie because you have so much 
less time, right? Mm-hmm. Or in, in kind of paradoxically, more time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have less time per episode, but more time in general. And so things coming up like this and really making you change what you've written and like change mm-hmm. how you thought the show was going to go, right? It's it's just it's so exciting. I think that's what I really like about TV is that it just feels it feels so alive in that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, even think of uh, with Breaking Bad, like, very famously, they were going to kill off Jesse at the end mm-hmm. of season one, but because of the writer's strike, they didn't get to. Mm-hmm. And it was so pivotal. Like, it's right. just... It's Jesse just, is, like, the heart of the show. Yes, like, and, like, it's it's so interesting how these, like, things just kind of come up. It's like, you don't sympathize with Walt, and if you do, I'm sorry, you're a sociopath, but, like, you sympathize with Jesse. <laughs> yes! And, like... And, and Aaron Paul's so good. He's very, very it, good. And it, it's just like, it's just these kind of things that just happen by luck are so impressive. Mm-hmm. It just, it just really adds this depth to it. But yeah, like that's a roundabout way of saying that like one thing I don't like about movies is like, I don't know, they feel so structured and pre-planned and like, you know, polished. And mm-hmm. I think TV is fun because it's like a little rougher around the edges. Yeah. Well, and going back to limitations, like movies just have different limitations on them. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's Dwayne Barry Ascension. Yay. Next time we will be discussing season two, episode eight, One Breath. And I I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, I don't think, but this is where we're going to round out the Scully abduction arc. Mm-hmm. She will return to us and then we will book it like we will finally be done with it. Right. And mm-hmm. I will feel a weight off my shoulders for yes. finally reaching this very pivotal point and I will yep. just find another pivotal point to talk about, and discuss <laughs> about you know <laughs> so yes we hope that you join us next time when we talk one breath and we hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope you have a nice week yep bye bye